I know I have felt those things. Thought a lot of those very thoughts. And I'm sure you have too. In fact, some of you may be wrestling with some of those same thoughts right now. And you're just hoping to be able to leave it behind for a little bit of time and to escape and find some hope and some help. If you're like me, you wrestle with this stuff and you might find yourself questioning things like, I, I'm not quite sure how to connect the dots between what we experience in a place like here when we attend Easter weekend, he is risen, we're celebrating and it's positive and exciting. When you click online and you're saying, ah, this is awesome. We're not quite sure how to connect the dots between what we experience in here and what we have to go back to out there. And it maybe leaves you asking the question, what, what difference does all this make? Because I have to leave here and go back out there and out there is pain and that problem I can't see my way out of. And there is fear and worry and doubt and anxiety and depression and questions and issues. And the list goes on and on and on. But in here, we celebrate the risen Savior. And then out there, we wonder how to connect the dots. I've come to this conclusion, and I hope you can see it with me. That there is a really big difference between believing in the fact of the resurrection in here and understanding the power it has in our lives when we go back out there. There is a huge difference between believing that it's true in here when we're all celebrating together and then trusting the power that the resurrection has in our lives when we go back out there and deal with whatever it is we have to deal with and face. I want to pose a question to you, a question I want you to wrestle with, a question I want you to take with you, but in order to get to this question, I want to begin by highlighting one of Jesus' most famous miracles. And Jesus did a lot of miracles. But one of his most famous miracles was the day that he raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. It's a great thing to do for a friend, right? It was not just your average run-of-the-mill miracle. No one heard about the resurrection of Lazarus a couple of days later and went, yeah, seen one resurrection, you've seen them all. No biggie. I mean, no, this is big time. And see, Jesus was really close to Lazarus and his family. They were close friends. Lazarus had two sisters, Martha and Mary, and they were all very close with Jesus. And Jesus was a couple of towns away when he heard that Lazarus had died. So he began to make his way to where Lazarus was buried. When he got there, or at least close to there, one of Lazarus' sisters, Martha, approached Jesus, very frustrated, as any of us would be, thinking what she was thinking. And this is what she was saying. She was saying, Jesus, where you been? You're late. You're late. We sent word for you days ago, and you delayed. 
And now Lazarus is dead. And had you been here when you could have been here, had you showed up when we called for you, then our brother Lazarus, your friend Lazarus, would not have died. I mean, I, I get it. I think I would have felt the same way. Can you imagine? Having Jesus as your close friend, asking him to help, and then it happens anyway. Hmm. Well, Jesus made a statement to Martha right after that. A huge statement, big statement, earth-shattering, groundbreaking. She had no idea how big this statement was when she heard Jesus make it. Maybe until years later did she really let it sink in. I don't know, but it was big. And then he asked her a question, a question that's the question that I want you and I to spend some time with. This is what Jesus said. Martha's frustrated. He looks at Martha and he said to her, Martha, or girl, Right? You get, the, you get the feel? Right? I am the resurrection and the life. And Martha might have been thinking, well, well, that doesn't help me now. You know how you think things? You don't say them. <laughs> Jesus can read your thoughts, so oops. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said it's who I am and it's what I do. It's who I am. Not just what I do. Then he goes on and he says, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. A little foreshadowing there and she didn't quite know that yet. The one who believes in me, not just believes stuff about me, not just good stuff about me, not even just the true facts about me, but actually believes in me, puts their trust in me, relies in me, depends on me. They will live even though they die. And then he goes a step further and he says, and those who live by believing in me, they make it a way of life, of trusting in me, depending on me, relying on me, they will never die. And what Jesus is talking about here, he's not talking about physical death, he's talking about eternal life. There's a difference. And he's saying, here's the deal. When people live their lives putting their trust in me as their savior and forgiver and they're following me and trusting me and they're believing in me and depending on me, when it comes time for them to take their last breath on earth, they'll just start breathing in eternity, in heaven. They just keep breathing somewhere else. And then he asked her the question. Here's the question. You ready for this? Pointed. Do you believe this? Martha, do you believe this? Now she said, yes, I, I believe this. A question that I'm not sure she really internalized because right after that, Jesus walked over to the tomb and said, hey, Lazarus, get out of there. And he did. And you can imagine what happened next. I mean, we don't have all the details for us, but you can imagine, right? Mass pandemonium must have ensued. It, it must have been crazy. TV reporters everywhere, people with their phones, they're tweeting, their Instagram, Snapchatting, the whole deal. I mean, it's just crazy. And, and Martha's got to be so excited. Her and Mary and the whole family, they're just so excited. Lazarus is back. Lazarus is back. Maybe except Lazarus, he might have been bummed because he had to leave heaven, but that's another story. Like, you want me to do what? <laughs> anyway. I'm sure at that moment in the excitement must have lost some of what Jesus said. But I bet at some point, not too long after that, when Jesus himself was hanging on a cross and she was watching her savior be crucified and watching her savior be buried. And then three days later, that 
Sunday morning, she's hearing rumors up and down the street. Tomb is empty. Tomb is empty. Jesus is gone. He, the tomb is empty. He's alive. They're saying he rose from the dead. And I think at that point, this must have come back to her. Wait a second. He did say, I am the resurrection and alive. And, and, I, and I think, and I got to just imagine that the question came back to her. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? Because that's the question you need to answer. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? A few decades later, one of Jesus' closest followers when he was alive on earth was Peter. Peter was one of the few guys that followed Jesus before Jesus died and watched the whole death, burial, and resurrection and then continued to follow Jesus after, and he had vantage point from both sides of the death, burial, and resurrection. So Peter's one of these guys, when he talks, you just want to listen to what he says because he knows stuff a lot of people don't know. He's experienced some things a lot of people don't experience. But the thing with Peter is he was a late believer in the resurrection. I mean, even when it happened, he wasn't quite so sure. He heard the news the tomb was empty. The scripture says he ran to the tomb, stuck his head in the tomb, and looked and saw that the thing was empty. And it was like, I don't know. And he went home. <laughs> That's Peter for you. And it wasn't until Jesus physically appeared to Peter when Peter was like, and I saw his face. Now I'm a believer. Right? <laughs> That's where the song came from. Peter wrote it. No. <laughs> Made that part up. But it makes sense, right? And next time you hear that song, you'll think about the resurrection. <laughs> Won't you? It wasn't then until Jesus appeared to Peter. And Peter had breakfast on the beach with Jesus. Can you imagine? Many years later, after following Jesus for many, many years and leading others to do the same, Peter came to a conclusion, and this was his conclusion. Peter said, I, I've come to the conclusion that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ through the dead. That, that phrase, living hope, is interesting to me. Notice he said it's a living hope. It's present tense. The resurrection is not, hey, remember that day way back when? Remember that one time in the past when Jesus like, came back from the dead? Yeah, good times, good times. No. He said, we have a living hope, present tense, in this day, in this moment, a, a hope that is alive. It's not in the past. It's not a wish it were, oh, wish one day it might. No, it is today, now, that carries us through this moment into the next, into the next, whatever today brings, whatever tomorrow brings, whatever next week, next month, next year brings. We have a living hope. You see, that's the difference between believing the fact that Jesus is alive in here and understanding the power that it brings in our lives. We have to go back out there. You see, that's what hangs in the balance to the answer to this question, do you believe this? What hangs in the balance is hope. Hope. Hope that this life is not all there is, that this thing that you have to go back to and deal with out there is not as good as it's going to get. There are better days. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, and Jesus just happens to be that light. There are better days ahead. This is not all there is for you, whatever it is you're dealing with out there. Hope. Now, here's the deal. If if you're okay with the world just like it is right now, and if you're okay with your life just like it is right now, and all the stuff that you're dealing with just like you are dealing with it right now, then if you're okay with all that just like it is, you don't need the hope of the power of the resurrection. You don't need that. 
You just keep doing what you're doing the way you're doing it or not doing what you're not doing the way you're not doing it. But for the rest of us, this hope is everything. It's everything. Do you believe this? It's that Martha question coming back. Do I believe this? Do we believe this? What hangs in the balance? Hope. Because here's the truth. Jesus is alive and he is giving me life. He is alive, that's a fact. It's a historically documented fact recorded by hundreds of eyewitnesses, both biblical historians and secular historians from the first century. It's a historically accurate fact. Jesus physically is alive. But it's more than just a fact. There is power and a reality that is life-changing because not only is he alive, he is actively giving you and me life. And that's what Peter was referring to as the living hope. It's alive. He is alive. And the hope that I have is alive. The challenge is, is that we say we believe this, but we live like we don't. A lot of you believe the fact that Jesus is alive, but the life you're living suggests that he's still dead because you've resigned yourself to a hopeless existence. You've just accepted a hopeless day-to-day existence full of fear and worry and anxiety and stress and questions. Now, here's the deal. If you're a human being, you're going to deal with all that. That's normal for human beings. It's natural. We're going to deal with stress. We're going to deal with anxiety. We're going to deal with worry. We're going to deal with doubt. We're going to deal with issues because we're humans. We're flawed. But the power of the resurrection lets us know, and the hope we have is that we don't have to resign ourselves to that being the end because those things are not the end. Those things are a part of the process, yes, but there is hope in the middle of all of that. As Peter said, a living hope. Do you believe this? You see, the truth is, is that this Easter message is not about just a weekend. It's a daily thing. It's a day in, day out thing. It's a way of life. It's a way of living. And I don't know what you're facing, and I I don't know what you came in here hoping to forget about and what you're fearing that you're going to have to go back to in in the moments that follow, in the days that follow. And I'm not saying that somehow all of your pain is going to get better and all your problems are going to go away just because you were here and you heard this message. I mean, some of you might have assumed, and maybe that's why you're here. You're like, well, let me see. I came on Christmas. It's Easter. I'm going to go back. I'm going to get my life fixed. Get me some Jesus. Fix my life. And I'll be good to go for a little bit longer. Well, honestly, I hope that is your experience. I I hope things get fixed. But most of us, that's not going to be what we experience because we go back to stuff. For you, I I want you to understand that even though your pain and problems may not go away, what God will do is meet you in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your mess, at the point of your problem, and he will begin a journey of hope with you in it, through it, and beyond it. I don't care what it is. I'm not saying it's going to go away by like next Thursday. But he will meet you there in that icky mess and begin a journey of hope with you. See, that's the power of the resurrection working in our lives. It's beyond just believing is alive. It's knowing that he is giving me life, and that gives me hope in the middle of this hopeless situation that I find myself in right now. I am going to make it. 
This is not the end. There are better days ahead. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, and he is that light. However you need to say it for yourself, that's our hope. Jesus is alive, and he's giving me life. There's a couple of times in the past week that this has really come to life to me. Um, I was in a couple of situations that typically would be described as hopeless, and I, find my, I found myself feeling hope-filled. And a lot of you, are, and a lot of people maybe, are, are like, ah, this is just wishful thinking. Same old, same old, positive, wishful thinking. No, no, no. This is not wishful thinking. This is called hopeful living. And there's a difference between wishful thinking and hope-filled living. This is hope-filled living. Uh, I was at the hospital a couple of weeks ago for a couple of days with my wife, Donna, who just had surgery. And she's doing, she's doing fine, recovering well. She's at home recovering. And hey, she can't be here and joining us. Today, she's joining us online. Um, but uh, I was sitting there in the hospital surgery recovery room. Yeah, that's what it's called. And I was, had my laptop with me, and I was working on this message, oddly enough. You know, I was trying to, because it's kind of quiet in there. And when someone's coming out of anesthesia, there's not much to do except wait for a room and, and mess with them. So... <laughs> It's fun to mess with people when they're coming out of anesthesia because they say crazy things and they'll believe anything. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what I said because this has nothing to do with anything uh, really, but it's funny. And so she's coming out of anesthesia and she looked over at me and I was like, hey, babe, you're doing good. I just came from downstairs. I just checked on the twins. They're doing great. <laughs> they're beautiful. Beautiful. They look just like you. And the nursery said they'd keep them as long as we wanted. <laughs> we don't have twins. We ain't ever had them and we ain't getting none. <laughs> so you can just mess with people. And so that was my shtick all day long, you know. Hey, just checked on the twins. They're doing good. They're hungry. You know, all kinds of things. And so anyway, that's just fun. So I'm sitting there working on my message about the resurrection and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's not just a fact. This is real. That Jesus is not just alive, he is giving me life. He gives us life each day, and that fills us with hope. And wrestling with the question, do we believe this, really? Regardless of what we face. And I'm in a hospital. It's a depressing place. A hospital is not a place you go for kicks and giggles. I mean, the hospital, really the only positive thing generally, and this is an overgeneralization, but they call it a general hospital, so it works. It, <laughs> is this one floor where babies come into the world, right? That's happy. Like, hey, it's a boy. Hey, it's a girl. You know, other than that, you just kind of want to avoid the place. And while I was there, I heard code blue twice. And I don't know what a code blue means, but I, I figured out it wasn't good because I was watching all the people run around and I heard code blue in the cath lab. Man, and I spend way too much time in a hospital anyway. Just part of my job. It's, it's not a real hopeful place. But over in the corner, I noticed there was three ladies huddled up together, and they were obviously praying. I'm like, I don't know what they were praying about. I don't know who they were praying for. I don't know what was going on. But here's the thought I had. If the resurrection was just a fact, and yet there was no power in it right now, and Jesus was not giving us life today, then those ladies would have no reason to pray. In this moment, Jesus is giving them life in this moment. 
few minutes later, uh, a nurse walked in and started typing on the computer right there in the recovery room and probably medicines and how she was doing and everything. And she was humming. And I noticed, I stopped just long enough to notice she was humming, how great thou art. She didn't know who I was. She didn't know I was a pastor and the pastor's wife. She wasn't trying to impress me. Oh, I'm going to put on some Jesus and we'll go in here. You know. <laughs> no, she didn't know who I was. But she's humming in the middle of the most, one of the most depressing places you can work day in and day out, challenged to be hopeful. Here she is coming in and humming, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great. I, I don't know, I don't know what's going on in that lady's life and I don't know what she has seen, but I'll tell you this, here's the thought I had. If it wasn't for the power of the reality of the resurrection and that Jesus is not just alive factually, he is actively giving us life in the moment, then she, she wouldn't be humming that. She had no reason to hum that. A few days later, I found myself in a graveyard at a cemetery doing the committal part of the service where a precious family in our church was laying the body of their mother in the ground. And this lady now is enjoying her first Easter in heaven. Can you imagine what that must be like? Right? I bet they show replays of the resurrection every Easter Sunday morning. <laughs> like, hey, you guys want to see it again? Cue the sun. Three, two, ta-da! <laughs> it's got to happen, right? I, I can't wait. If it doesn't, I'm going to be very disappointed. But I'm there and, I, and I'm watching them mourn and grieve. And yet at the same time, I noticed something. And then I had this thought. I noticed that as we wrapped up, everybody hugging and this family is smiling and laughing. And I'm thinking, wait a second, wait a second. We just, they just laid their mom's body in a hole in the dirt, in dirt in the ground. What's going on here? And I had this thought. Jesus is not just factually alive. He is giving these people life right now. If it, not, if it were not for the reality of the resurrection, then there's no sanity at the grave. There's no way to leave and walk out and, and be able to face the next day. How in the world? I watched a family leave a graveyard with hope. How is that possible? I'll tell you how it's possible. It's possible because Jesus is alive and he's giving us life. He is giving us life when we have to leave a loved one at a cemetery. He is giving us life when we're at the hospital and we're not going to know what's going to happen next. And we have no guarantee of the outcome. He's giving us life when we get bad news. He's giving us life when we can't find that job we so desperately need or the job we have is so unsure we're not sure if we're going to have it this time next week. He's giving us life when the kids won't speak to me and they won't speak to each other. I don't even know where my teenager is and what's going on. In that moment, not only is Jesus alive, he is giving you life when your marriage just ain't working and he won't talk to me and I can't get her to, to open up and we can't get on the same page. When you reach into the cabinet and you pull out a bottle and take out medicine that you wish you didn't have to take, in those moments, Jesus is not just alive, he is giving you life. That is the hope, that is the reality. Do you believe this? Do we believe this? makes all the difference in the world 
between what we say we believe in here and what we live out there. At some point, I, I hope, I hope you catch yourself. In the coming days, I hope you catch yourself dealing with something difficult. And in that moment, you catch yourself going, wait a second, wait a second. Do I believe this? Do I believe this? Do I believe that Jesus is alive and he's giving me life? Wait a second, wait a second. I believe this. Jesus is alive and he's giving me life. I am going to make it. I am going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it and I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm going to make it. This is not the end. This is not as good as it's going to get. There are better days ahead because Jesus is alive and he loves me and he's giving me life. He is going to get me through this moment. Whatever it is you have to go face out there. I hope that the question, do I believe this, turns into a declaration. Wait a second. I believe this. In fact, I want us to declare it together. And for some of you, this may be the first time you've ever come to this conclusion. And maybe you're not even sure if you believe it yet. So if you don't want to participate, that's fine. But we welcome you to participate anyway. And all of you who will, I want you to join with me and declare something together. Because this is our hope. This is what we believe. And this makes all the difference. I want us to, and this is what we're going to say together. We're going to say, I believe this. I have hope. Jesus is alive and he's giving me life. And it's not magical because we're saying it, but maybe this gives you the encouragement you need. You might want to take a picture of this. You might want to take it and make it a screenshot for your phone or something so you come back to it over and over again. But this is, this is what makes the difference. I want you to think about whatever it is you're leaving in here and going back to out there. Whatever it is, whatever challenge, whatever problem, whatever issue, and I want you to say this with me. Here we go. Three, two, one. I believe this. I have hope. Jesus is alive and he's giving me life. Again, I believe this. I have hope. Jesus is alive and giving me life. One more time. I believe this. I have hope. Jesus is alive and giving me life. Amen to that. Amen to all that. Yeah. Thank God. That's the difference. That connects the dots between what we experience in here and what we have to face out there. Father, I come to you right now and thank you for this truth. Not wishful thinking, hopeful living. Regardless of what we face, regardless of what we have to leave and go back to out there. We have hope. This is not as good as it's going to get. This is not all there is. You are alive, and that is a fact, but it's more than a fact. You are presently our living hope. You are giving us life. So right now, for those that are just coming to that realization for the first time, may they receive it and believe it. And for those of us that have been following you for many years, may it be that tap on the shoulder, that reminder that we never get past, never get over. May we ask ourselves, wait a second, do I believe this? And may that question turn into a declaration, I believe this. We have hope. I have hope. Because you are alive and you are giving me life. And may the people in this room know you are giving them life 
right now and with whatever they're facing, they're going to make it because of you in Jesus' name. Amen.